episode of Fermented Adventure the Podcast features Jason Fogg of Pops McCann Whiskey. You can see the television interview with Jason on rvntv.tv. You will find it under Fermented Adventure the Show. Please take a moment to subscribe to be notified when the most recent episode has been uploaded. Feel free to reach out to Jason and let him know what you thought about the podcast. Cheers! Hello ladies and gentlemen, craft spirit enthusiasts, and those interested in the intoxicating world of craft distilleries, cideries, meaderies, wineries, and the occasional foray into breweries. It's Rich Sheen, and welcome to Fermented Adventure, the podcast, where we bring you the fascinating people that are making the mash, fermenting, distilling, bottling, pouring, and delivering to you some of the finest libations in the world. Before we get started, here are a few housekeeping items. Thank you for bringing the podcast into wherever you are and whatever you're doing. We truly are grateful that you've chosen to listen and make us part of your day. It would mean the world to us if you left a five-star review. This helps us climb in the rankings, and it makes it easier for others to find us. Don't hesitate to leave us your comments as well. If the podcast didn't meet your expectations, tell us why. We're always striving to improve. You can find us at fermentedadventure.com. We are on Instagram and Facebook as Fermented Adventure. Email us at fermentedadventure at gmail.com. All right, FA Nation, let's meet our guests. I am here with Jason Fogg of Pops McCain Whiskey. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's it's a pleasure, and it's a pleasure to see you again. Thank you. It's I've been excited to have you on the podcast and talk about Pops McCann. So talk about how Pops McCann got started. Talk about the whole inception and how we got here today, and do that in like five seconds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's, um, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, as they say. I grew up in a bar. Um, my dad owned a bar. My mother was a bartender. Um, you know, she worked for the city. She bartended a lot of different places. My dad owned a bar. She worked there. I grew up in a bar with a family of bar patrons, uncles, aunts, you know, and uh, in Juniata Park section of Philadelphia. I had a bedroom in the basement of the bar, uh, three to five feet from the cold box. So, like, you know, for you, I mean, you know, was there, were there, were you surrounded by beer kegs? Were you surrounded by boxes, cases of Yeah, alcohol? I had this, like, little rectangle room. Um, you go down the steps, you can smell that you're down the basement in a Philly bar, and, you know, you smell a lot of wood, old wood, and, um, you know, and uh, a lot of times, like, the, the lights would get turned out on me because the bartender's working the day shift if I was taking a nap downstairs at, like, okay. 12, 1 o'clock after I ate some chicken wings and Coca-Cola and playing Nintendo. They'd turn out the light because the whole downstairs basement was, was on connect, one light. Was connected yeah. to the same circuit as the so saloon. So, they would turn the light out. I'd wake up in pitch black dark. So, if you put me in my – it's now my dad in my aunt's office – um, if you put me in the back corner of that room, I can close my eyes and I can get out of there like, like, uh, without even like Batman, yep, you know, you know exactly Batman where you are. <laughs> or, you know, whoever's it has, you know, the, the daredevil guy that was blind, you know, and I could probably get in the coal box right there. I could probably find forks and knives and spoons anywhere. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's what you're raised in. And, um, I've been in every bar in Junietta park and maybe the other neighborhoods and, um, it, it's what I grew up in. And then I was a beer salesman out of college after working with my, my dad for, uh, you know, he opened up a bar down the shore. So where, which shore? What would bar? For uh, those he used to know? own it in Wildwood. He just sold it. So, um, 
you know, he got out of there and, um, you know, but I was a bar back, bartender, bar manager, you name it, remodeler, you know, you, you, you become the jack of all trades. And when you work in a family run business, everybody that's not family that falls short on their expectations and duties that then the son does it, you know, you, so. you step up next man yeah. up and, and you're the, well, you're it's the... not about stepping up. It's just, you got to <laughs> hey, step up and there's yeah. no choice, <laughs> you know? So, but, um, yeah, working with my, it was, it was just such a great experience uh, for a little bit. I, I, uh, I lived on top of the bar. Um, and it, it's just, it's just a great experience. So many tons of great, good hearted people, um, that I've known throughout my life. Some past, some still, you know, obviously a lot still here. And, um, you know, and that's what it's all about. It, it's just taking your experiences and turning them into something. And that's now Pops and Can Whiskey and the whole brand. When you were doing, you know, working in the, the bar and working in your family's establishments, did, did you have a sense, you know, because a lot of kids grow up in their family's businesses or, um, you know, with the expectation of are you going to stay in this business or not? But did you, have a, did you ever feel like this is where you felt comfortable or was there a point where you say, well, you know, you guys can have the bar. I don't want to have, you know, when I get out on my own, I'm not going to do this. I mean, what was your sense yeah, growing up the as latter. a kid? I actually, um, you know, I love the bar. I love the business and all that, but it's a very grinding, hard business. I see what my father is going through, um, you know, for 30 plus years. Um, I have kids. I am, I'm the whiskey suitcase man now. Um, pop some can whiskey in my suitcase. I can go anywhere I want with my whiskey um, in my suitcase. I don't have bricks. I don't have a building that I have to report to every day. And that's, I want to be, um, I have three kids. I'm very busy and um, they're very little. And I want to be there um, in my children's life every second that I can. But obviously you got to work too. So, you know, but I, I just, the bar business wasn't for me. Um, and I've been toying around with opening up my own distillery since 2009. And then, um, you know, got a job at a, at a liquor company where I was a national sales manager in 2011. And I wanted to put the first whiskey distillery in Kensington where my ancestors met. It, it just, the cards weren't there, but two people told me, they said, Jason, you know, you, you get a distillery, you get a building, you're producing, you got a lot of things going on. You're always going to have to be at yeah, the you're distillery. Yep. So it's then, like owning any business. If, if you're the owner, it's going to run well and you've got to be there all the time. And, and that, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's just the point and reality of what it's going to take to get it to be successful. And that's what you're doing with Pops McKinnon. Right. You have your suitcase. Right. But you're out there and you're hustling every single day. Traveling. Introducing people to Pops McCann, mm-hmm. introducing them to your brand, mm-hmm. what it all means, and everything else. So is this something for you that's a legacy for your children? Do you see this as building a legacy for them? If they want it, you know, if they like it, it it's the same thing. It would be their decision too when they get old enough. Um, I'm an actor as well. Um, and my kids are in acting. I just started uh, fun. My first son got a acting gig down. Um, he got one of the. He was one of the top kids picked for um, the Comcast Fear. Okay. He had a couple lines, and he did amazing. And he was five, you know, maybe six. Um, and I think he was five and a half. But um, and then I just filmed my second son for my my third Pops McCann Cemetery scene commercial. So and then my uh, my uh, my actress daughters too, and she's like, "Daddy, Daddy, I want to be an actress like Grace Fun. Kelly because I've been talking <laughs> about Grace Kelly a lot. Okay, because I think it's important to tell our children everything about Philadelphia, about our families, ancestries, all those things, so they can move forward and be the best generations that they can be. What does your family think about the bar? You know, coming from the bar and now being the whiskey 
the whiskey man. I mean, what is your family? Yeah, I think they, they like it. I think yeah. my dad likes it because he, you know, he sells my whiskey at the bar. Oh, good. Bar he and, better. <laughs> and then my mom works at Patty Wax up on Welsh Road. Okay. And she's the uh, she does Saturday day shift eleven to seven with this massive, huge Irish jam session every Saturday with uh, rotating, uh, unbelievably talented. Um, bunch of groups in Philadelphia. The talent of Philadelphia is amazing with the Irish groups and the Irish bands and the Irish singers. And they play there every Saturday with a rotating schedule and it's it's packed to the gills. And, you know, my mom has a bottle of pasta can in her hand at all times. That's what the joke is about the owners. Oh, tell me about the joke. The owners is like, she's always got a bottle of pasta can in her hand, you know? So we got to get get her one of those like two gun <laughs> get her a bottle. Holster. Whiskey holsters with glasses, you know, okay. something like that. She'll probably get that for Christmas. So, Pops McCann. Yeah. How'd you come up with the name and, you know, what what's the history behind Pops McCann? So, originally it was supposed to just be called Pops. Okay. So, everybody can celebrate their Pops. Here's to Pops and all Pops, but more importantly, here's to the women that had to put up with Pops because Pops is a pain in there, you know what. Right. And, um, you know, you hear the stories about you know, our, our fathers before us drinking and this and that, and, you know, it gets a little crazy and they went to the bar a little too long and, you know, and we still do that, you know, but, um, you know, it just, uh, but it morphed into something else. There was a brand called pop out there, a champagne from France and, you know, uh, a lawyer affiliated with some, um, helpful people said, you know, you might want this and that. So I added the McCann to it. And then just, like I said, everything morphs has been morphing into, something better and better and better and making sense and, you know, finding the path of Pops McCann and it's not um, Pops McCann, the legend of Pops McCann, you know, so, and it's named after my great-grandfather, John France McCann, who, born in Scranton, 1893, coal miner, and leaves um, Scranton after his mother passes away, Jenny Tyrell, in December 10th, 1917, jumps on a train after that, moves to Philadelphia, Lives at the YMCA, and then eventually, or soon after. Now, how old? How old is your grandfather about this time? Do you have a sense? Nineteen seventeen. Do you know what his age is? Uh, he is twenty three. Twenty three. Yeah. Okay. Twenty two. You really 20. have a strong sense of your family's history, and I think it really plays into understanding where everybody's family at the time mm-hmm. of you know the early nineteen hundreds. And, and what that transfer meant. I mean, think about this. You know, it takes Scranton to Philadelphia at the time. I mean, it's a good it's a good voyage. I mean, it's 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 a you don't know anybody, or you may not know a lot of people. It's mm-hmm. still an adventure. It's still taking a risk. Um, and it sounds like you really have a good sense of what your family. You know, the the, the whole development of your family. Yeah, that side of the family. Yes, I do. Um, he, yeah, they just they fought. He fought the, in the the survival and probably the after his mother passed away. It's like, what else am I here for? You know, and he's twenty three. He's he, he's at that age where you need to. It's it's from like that eighteen to twenty eight age range where he's got to like spring to somewhere else. And he went to Metropolitan Philadelphia to, you know, to embark on a new journey. And shortly after getting to Philadelphia, he meets his wife Anna Hughes McCann at an Irish dance, and he's also simultaneously putting himself into the World War One and draft uh, and put him into the draft. And then he goes away to two camps, Camp Upton and Camp Mead, and. Um, and then finds himself in France for about a year and a half to two years um, with Company O and the, with the engineers, the U.S. engineers. So he fought. He came here, obviously, he fought for the country mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, grateful for his service and coming back to his family. What was, what was it like for him after he came back? I mean, what was his experience? 
Well, they had two daughters. Okay. You know, one was my, uh, the first one is uh, my great aunt, um, Mary Elizabeth McCann Davis. She was a hoot. I mean, she was hilarious. She would dance. She sung the Peaches song, which, you know, gets a little, you know, flirty. It's funny. (laughs) Um, She did that on stage until her, you know, eventual passing. And she was just a tremendous lady. Uh, She was born in 1921. So uh, probably like a year and a half later. And then um, my uh, my grandmother Helen Ann McCann, she was born in 1924. Okay, twenty second, nineteen twenty four. So I had two daughters, and um, I have a lot of pictures to go back on. I don't really hear too much because I think a lot of the history, you know, went to the grave with my aunt Mary and my grandmom. And um, you know, they didn't talk about those things too much. My grandmom unfortunately ended up passing away when I was four. She was sick when I was born. And um, she had Parkinson's and, and a lot of things, you know, in a crazy life. And, um, you know, so I didn't really get a chance to know a lot from her. Um, but she's always with me. I carry my um, my handkerchiefs on me somewhere around here um, in my pocket here. I have a handkerchief that she she made out of my baby bonnet. Very nice. I'm going to duplicate these and put pasta can on them and give them give away, away bottles and put them in gift packs eventually once I get all that funding. And um and I'm a great aunt. I think she passed in like 2009 ish, and she knew a lot of stories. But then she was, you know, it's just a lot. You know, you know how it is. A lot of stuff didn't get passed. Right, but I think the funny thing is, and 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 I think why you know we delve into and talk a little bit about this right now is because it speaks to what you're doing with Pops McCann whiskey that. What you're doing is presenting the story and the history before you create what actually goes in the bottle. Mm-hmm. So it creates this really this really rich you know you almost feel like whatever your connection to the past in your family it's it's really what that's expectation that you're going to experience too. I mean, we can we can enjoy Pops McCann and we can enjoy whiskey at any time. Mm-hmm. But I think for you and what your mindset is is, hey, this is the story. This is my family. This is these are the traditions. This is the immigrant story. Um, you know, if you look at your website and you you see how you portray and want to speak to the story, it's ingrained in the rich history of I guess around the 1920s, 1930s. That you want to speak to the story of immigration and and our families and our history, but you know is is that that's the mindset I, I get from what you're yeah, trying to do, and it goes all the way back to the famine, uh, you know, which I call genocide by uh, you know what happened. Um, a lot of people were pushed on ships, put on ships because they found that uh, putting on your putting on the ancestors on the ships from the landlord was cheaper to get rid of them and put them on a ship for a one way ticket to the United States, America, um, than feed them for a year, and. There was a lot of crazy stuff going on in Ireland at the times and creating awareness about those times, which are not really discussed. Um, I meet a lot of Irish people and I'm from America and, you know, sometimes they bring up the plastic patty name or this and that. And I'm like, listen, I don't I, I respect Ireland. I respect its people and I respect my ancestors roots. But this is not about them. No offense. I'm, I'm taking some Irish whiskeys and bringing them and branding them the Pops McCann brand um, after my mindset. And, um, but it's more about these people got on these ships right? and not everybody made it. You know, some of the crazy stories and tales is the sharks were following the ships because they were following the trail of blood because they had to, they had to throw bodies overboard because they were dying and there was disease, there was um, malnutrition, there wasn't enough food. And, um, I mean, can you be, can you imagine, did you ever go somewhere where you didn't know 
you've never been there before. Right. And it's the longest ride because you've never been there before. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know what to expect when you- But if you went there before, you know, oh, it's only an hour and a half. But if you went to the same- The second time you went, you're like, wow, that was fast. But the first time you went, it was like, can you imagine being on a boat or ship for six, eight to 12 weeks? Some of these ships didn't make it. Some of them crashed. Some of them hit icebergs. Some of them hit, uh, ran on the ground coming to the United States um, a couple miles out. And a lot of people drowned. Um, They've been finding- um, skeletal remains of the famine people that didn't make it or they died or they make, created mass burials up in Canada they just found or uh, uh, I'm going to blunder this one Skituate or Situate Massachusetts okay. that's an hour Situate south. I think yeah, yeah I was just reading about that where and I, I, I just try to read and I follow a lot of things it tells me all about these things and, and that's why I raise the glass to the heavens for them um, and, and all my ancestors, and I want everybody to do the same thing at, at their dinner tables on their back porches. You know, you just had a baby. Oh, give the guy a bottle of pops and let him let him rejoice in life's achievements, life's moments, because life is so short. Are we really living the best we can live? And that's everything is wrapped around all of that. And our ancestors want us to live the best we can be. They would want us to prosper as much as we can. And you've got to go after those hopes and dreams and pray to your ancestors because maybe they give you some help in the sign of feathers. Right. And that's what it's all about. So, so these are your hopes and dreams. Uh, I mean, you basically decided to, 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 to take this and brand this and make it your own whiskey. How did that transfer happen? What was the experience like for you there? Um, just, uh, you know, picking that bottle, um, sourcing the whiskey. How, how'd you go about sourcing the whiskey? How did you decide what you were, you know, what was it, you know, obviously I had some for- help my first go around, um, and I had some friends in the business and they helped me source the whiskey and importation and, uh, because let's face it. I mean, you know, you and I have spoken about your product is something that, you have another distiller that's making based on what your recipe or what your idea of what this is, what's important to you. Mm-hmm. There, there are plenty of distilleries right now that are sourcing their whiskey um, from different places as well. I mean, MGP or, you mm-hmm. know, wh- wherever they're, they're, they're sourcing somebody else's. So you had a mindset that this is what, like, I guess a recipe that you wanted them to produce. Mm-hmm. And now this is yours. This is Pops. Yeah, I source. Uh, and that's and, and that's the discussion is like sourcing. I'm going to be that whiskey su- suitcase man that sources whiskey from around the world. And right now, it's out of Ireland, and I have three Irish whiskeys coming, um, a single malt blend and a single grain. And, um, you know, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, single grain's really nice and mellow and mild. The blend is a blend of the pot still, the single malt, and the single grain. And um, and then the single malt is nice and rich and nice for, you know, after dinner cocktail or during dinner with steaks and stuff. And... Um, I just want to have show a nice variety. I have um, different color variations of the label are going to be coming. And um, I have some American versions coming as well where um, different bottle. And it's going to be telling the tales of early America and, and the early times of where my ancestors were be, have been in America. Um, the Great Depression style I have. Um, it's not going to be called Great Depression, but it's around that. That's right around when the market right. crashes. So, so it obviously you're already you're already keying in on mm-hmm. a mindset. You want yeah. a mindset. I mean, you're you're an actor, mm-hmm. so you know how to tell a story. You know how to present a character. Mm-hmm. Now you're presenting the same character and mindset, the same story from that bottle. Mm-hmm. Get everybody in the mindset. Hey, this is the Great Depression. This is when, let's say, you know, we're talking about the time of prohibition. 
or the time of you know struggle for people or the time of jubilation and different things that they experience and you're already putting that story together for the bottle i love that yeah and it's a lot of it's cool stuff and it's like a, it's it's the gangster entrepreneurship type thing and the old philly ways and styles and you know cool stuff to highlight on um around certain times and who knows i could go back into the 1800s style of whiskey i can go all the way up to the 50s um I don't know, maybe a Las Vegas style, who knows, when the Rat Pack were around. I mean, I could go a million different ways, and it comes into morphing into so many more things. I'm going to do a New Orleans style, um, three the three Irish whiskeys, a Pennsylvania rye, a New Orleans style, and then um, and a couple of war heroes on a bottle. Um, Wild Bill Grenier, I just got the family's yeah, that's blessing. Exciting. That's exciting. That's just very to put exciting. put them on a bottle. And I think, and then, um, you know, the idea around that is trying to sell some whiskey. You know, survivable income and also um, do some good and help and try to donate to the wounded vets. And maybe it, it's an all-encompassing thing to help everybody. Like like when we talk about is, is we're all on the same path. Right. And, you know, and some people are like, oh, you have a way. I'm like, no, no, no. We walk arm in arm together. Nobody's in front of each other and nobody's in the back. The people in the back, you pull them up to our, our, uh, our line. Right. And we all walk together. Every race, every ethnicity, you don't have to be Irish to drink this. You can raise a glass for whatever ethnicity, um, whatever blessing you come from, whatever struggles, survival stories, tell those stories. Find a way to tell those stories. Then you can teach the next generations and the children next to be like, wow, my great-great-grandfather did this, did that. Tell those great stories. When I show, they, all my kids know that's Pops McCann. Right. And I've named all my children um, my second son's Ryan Francis McCann Fogg and Francis McCann was his middle and last name. And then my first one's Jason Henry. I'm nicknamed J Bones Malone from the neighborhood Junietta Park, um, by this like, um, you know, great guy, uh, Jim Miller. And I'm, I grew up with his son. His son's one of my best friends, and he just – everybody had a nickname for everybody in that neighborhood. Yeah, and back in the day, everybody had some sort of nickname. Yeah. Some you wanted to lose real fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and others, you know. Yeah, there's some stuck. He called me He called me J Bones Malone, and when I see him, he's like, Malone. And it's just a good feel-good, like somebody like that, like an uncle like him, a neighborhood uncle like him had, you know, blessed me with such a cool name because then that's my acting name is Jason Malone. Okay. So I can get a little more – style and stuff out of Philly and, you know, and the, and the rugged. And I put on my car as Rocky's nephew because, and some people are like, wait, you're Rocky's. I'm like, no, it's, it's just a moniker. It's a thing that we all are from Philly and the surrounding areas that we get knocked down, but you keep on getting back up. Yes. And that's what it's about. You keep going and going and going. Fighting. Fighting for truth. I see a feather on the label there. Where's that? Talk about the feather um, aspect of, of what that means for you. Um... It's the uh, the signs of a feather. Is there's a card here? I know we can't see it on you know podcast, but um, signs of a feather is when I first started my whiskey, first started raising the toast at the cemetery. When I first got my first five bottles in the mail, I was getting a couch up in Doylestown for free. I'm a I'm just like my great grandfather. I'm told that I repurpose stuff. I find stuff for free and other people's trashes, other people's treasures, but I find treasure all the time. Okay. I get suitcases for free. You look at my backyard, everything I could pretty much point well, out I, is I've free. seen a lot of your, you do a lot of social media work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, sometimes I wonder, I mean, you must own like 30 suitcases. I probably like, have like nine, but I, I still have- <laughs> It looks like a lot. I still have to go to Potter's Pub and pick up a couple because he has a couple for me. Um, you know, but uh, but the feather was- I first got my first five bottles. I'm getting this couch. I ran back home because my wife said, hey, 
there's a big box here. I'm like, oh my gosh, the, my bottles are here. And I was going to the concert parade. Go buddy of mine, Jim McGinn, was in the parade, in the St. Patrick's Day parade. Uh, this is March 10th. And it was his birthday too. And then I'm going to the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick dinner at Aronimic. I belong to the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick. Friendly Sons and Daughters of St. Patrick. And um, I'm like, wait a minute. I got to get this whiskey to the cemetery first because I can't give anybody the first taste until I give it to my ancestors. Can I ask you a question? Because I love that. Mm-hmm. But when did that idea come into your mind? As soon as you, I was driving home. So so you didn't even – it wasn't something you like – Let's say that you said, hey, when my bottles come in, I'm going right to the cemetery. No, I don't it think just, I said, It just yeah. popped in your head, right? It just popped I in my head. That. And that's how it's morphing into so many things. I get home. I don't even think I was able to unload the couch. I just grabbed the bottles. I that ran must upstairs. Have been so freaking exciting. Put my three-piece suit on. We just got snow. It was March 10, 2018. So we had a late snow that year. The whole cemetery is covered with a layer of snow. So I filmed it from all different sections because I'm still trying to finish – a little short film about everything and um, I cleaned off all the stones and I laid all the glasses down and I had a very somber like rejoicing taste and my ancestors got the first taste first they I laid it down for them first all the way down the row every plot got at least two or three for everybody that's down there <laughs> and um and but the, the spears are probably you. fighting over it hey that's yeah, mine and I, I raise a toast and I you know it's like was that the first time you raised a toast the way you do? Because you have such a unique style, and I and I love so it. So that is that is that was a quiet one. That, that was, was just a one. somber, emotional inside, like ferocity, like achievement type of wow. Yeah, you're really feeling like it's the lump here. Of your th- it's your, done. The, 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 like the lumps right there in your throat. And then I go back seven days later, St. Patrick's Day, um, first thing in the morning. I had a friend, that guy Jim again, and he's like, yo, you got to call Kevin Wilson. He'll bagpipe for you. The original thought was to take Kevin Wilson around to a couple bars and we bagpipe. He couldn't do it. It just wasn't in the time frame. And I, it was a little tight and tough too anyway. It would have been too crazy. St. Patrick's Day is just too yeah. crazy to do yeah. these I mean, things in my mind. I can't always do these things in my mind. But anyway, no, I know so we, he's close to Glenside and we, got, we meet at Holy Sepulchre. And he's like, hey, wait, like, as we're setting this up, he's like, wait a minute, my ancestors are at the cemetery too. And I was like, well, let's do your ancestors too. So I think we did, I think we did like his aunt, somebody, a couple in his family. And then we made it over to my ancestor's grave and I filmed it. I went Facebook live and filmed it. And my kids are there. My wife's behind the, my little phone that we're videoing on, you know, it's kind of amateur hour there, but we did the best we could. And that's all you can do. Some of the best videos are filmed with phones these days. So it doesn't necessarily matter what you're doing. And Kevin Wilson plays amazing grace. And I do the same thing I did seven days earlier. And I laid up all the plastic glass, all the glasses and filled everybody's cup. I give him one. And then, and then he's finishing up amazing grace. And I fill mine up and then he grabs his and I grab mine and he's about to cheers me. And I'm like, hold on. And I don't know if you ever seen old school with Will Farrell when he's like during okay. competition. Right. They had to do that competition thing and he goes up to the podium to answer some crazy scientific question. <laughs> right. And he's like, he says it without blinking an eye. And then he comes out of me. He's like, what just happened? What just happened? <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of what happened. I go, let's have a taste right. to all those. And I go on for 40 some seconds and then we do the cheers. So you at the time, that just, that wasn't even pre- That just, know, I didn't just, even know what I was out. even going to say. And you're like, I, I was, did you get that on film? Because I need yes. to remember, I need to remember that. <laughs> yes. I got it on film. It went Facebook Live, Bagpiper, and 
I, I don't, he was like, he, we didn't even know what just happened. And we're just like, cheers. And it was like, I was, it was all this build up energy and fight and fire. And, you know, you, you, you try to be the best person you can in life and you help people and you remember, and I'm very spiritual, I'm very symbolic and, you know, you can't miss your opportunities. Right. So we talked a little bit about, or we, we were talking about the feather. There, yes. There's a, there's a, there's a significance with a feather in your life. And <laughs> See how we you have a get whole, off? Right. You have a whole bottle. That's all right. We can, yeah. you know. But um, so the feather was. Uh, you have a whole bottle full of since feathers. Since then. Yeah. I've been getting sent feathers and your walking path of life is a meaningful thing. It's like the cardinal, the dove, a ladybug, a butterfly, um, you know, finding a penny. Finding a dime in a random spot where you know there wasn't a dime, but now there's a dime, and then you're like, "Where did this dime come from?" Yeah, my my father. I mean, anywhere he would go, he'd he'd find change. So the idea right now is, anytime I see any change on the ground, yeah. since he's passed, yep. he's there. You know, he's just trying to. Where? How come nobody else saw that? Right. Let's face it. If it's a penny, not people gonna start seeing you know quarters and dollars on the ground, and nobody bothered to pick them up, and and it's there. <laughs> yeah. There's a sign right there, right? There's somebody's trying to yeah. know, let you know you're doing okay. Yep. And um, you know whatever you're, and it's basically too like I named a bunch of things, but it's whatever your grandma or grandpa like believed in, and then they're telling you as a child sipping tea in a kitchen somewhere in Junietta Park and playing gin rummy and. You know, and listen to, you know, the Lawrence Welk show and Frank Sinatra, Bing Crosby and all those things, whatever they told you, oh, that's Uncle Charlie flying through the yard. And it's positivity. Right. And, and it gets you thinking in a better mindset and a better, like, you know, this world's so short, live the best you can, take the signs, signs of a feather or any signs that you believe in and, and, and regurgitate it into power and to put it in your gas tank and just live the most positive life. And I was filming that last commercial I was telling you earlier. I was finding a bunch of, I found a bunch of change in his, in his driveway, a penny. I'm like, boom, I put pennies in there because Bing Crosby's Pennies from Heaven is, is a big song of his. And, um, and then dimes. And I found the feather right between my feet Wait, that's as said, I'm filming yeah, this commercial. Filming commercial. I mean, you can't, I'm like, you almost think somebody placed it there, but there's nobody else around except us three. I got a drone guy who's videoing and he's droning. And then um, Joe Grace, he's wild with Sea-Doo. And Steve's Drone One Aerial Technology. Amazing guys. We dirt bike together. They're both, you know, in the engines. They can fix anything. And Joe Grace has this, like, late 1800s hit and miss engine. And um, it's a great commercial. And But the feather was right between my legs. And I'm like, I, right between my shoes, my, my dress shoes. And I was like, you can't make this up. Like, this is something that I got to take as a sign. And it's, it's just, it's an amazing thing to be like, wow, are we really living life? And that, that's what we got to get to. We got to be living life. And, and, and this is, to me, this is what becomes even more of a connection to the Pops McCann, your brand, you know, Jason, and, and what you're doing, because you're also communicating life lessons. You're also communicating those reminders to say, you know what? This is this is this is our time. Live the best life you can live, right? Yep. I mean, you know, we all have our troubles, we all have our struggles, but realize that that there's there's a lot of opportunity here and there's a lot of just just take it to what you have and go out and make what you can out of it, right? And Absolutely. And it's nice to have those signs every everywhere um, as as you move forward. So, one of the nice things is, you know, I've had some opportunity now to really enjoy and and allow your 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 pops McCann whiskey 
Um, and even on the nose, and, and again, this is this goes to what you were looking for. Um, I know we talked about it. It's an 80-proof whiskey. It's a nice, easy, smooth-drinking whiskey. Uh, the, the proof doesn't come out uh, as heavy. It's not a burn. It's a nice, soft reminder like a, like a cinnamon would be on the back of the palate. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, 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 and I don't know if you got into the nuances as to what you wanted that corn whiskey to smell like on the nose. Or, you know, take us to, you know, what you, when you were choosing what you were looking at to be. I got the samples in the mail, and my neighbor, uh, Joe Marquis, he's my neighbor now. And we actually, funny enough, is he grew up in Junietta Park, and we were in first grade together. And then he moved away after first grade. I haven't seen him since. Okay. And then he moves in behind me a couple years ago. Anyway, we drink often in our backyards with all the neighbors. We all have kids. Um, lately, I've been trying to be better and just I've been working, grinding, and been in the lab and um, just thinking about the next things. But we tasted, I had samples from Ireland sent to me. I tasted all the samples. And, and for some reason, this single grain jumped out at me. It's at 126 proof. That's how they cask it over there. Right. And we're drinking it and tasting it at 126 proof. So it's pretty, pretty potent. And we're sipping. Did you it. add any water to it? Did you drink it? Over I mean, ice? we we did, but to proof it down a little bit. No, we tasted it. I just, tasted it straight, one twenty six. And the reason why I wanted to do that, and the reason why, uh, well, let me just say, the reason why I did that is because I wanted to taste what it tasted like at that high proof. And then when you little add a little water to it, it opens it up. But it, you're also trying to bring down the proof as well, right? And I was like, man, I was like, I know. When this is brought down to 80 proof, this is going to be the smoothest thing anybody's ever tasted. And I grew up in a bar, like I said, where I was drinking Old Granddad and, and all these other brands, not to hammer them at all, but it's just no, but that's what for was, the masses. But Jason, that's what was behind the bar. Right. I mean, yeah. That's what back in the day. Or right. like even the, the high proof stuff now or the high octane or it's just this was so smooth that I was like. It morphed into being this one is for the family, the whole family, where you can bring this to Thanksgiving, you can bring this to holiday dinners, um, New so Year's. So somebody says, oh, whiskey, right. ah, well, give me wine. I mean, yeah, give me wine, give me beer. But the idea is, with you know, here, try it. It's a nice, easy sipping whiskey. Yes. And you can enjoy it no matter what your expectation of palate. Yep. It's a, it's a right? mild, yeah, exactly. It really is. It's a, it's a mild, it's a triple distilled mild, four seasons, single grain whiskey, a sophisticated whiskey where you don't have to slam it and shoot it down. Right. No offense no, to the young kids. And we were, I was young and you were, you know, right. we were there one day and we used to just slam stuff down and just try to get to a certain level of just being funny but you crazy. Know, but you know what? You can still get to that same place and have sips. Relax. And just relax. Sip without it. having to just Sophisticate. shoot. Right. Think about your right. plans. Think about your ancestors. Think about your life right now. Think about your next steps in life. Think about what you want to do. And 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 uh, you don't have to pound it. And and it's for everyone. And and I go to a lot of events where they're not whiskey events and they might be just an all-around event of some sort of spirits. And a lot of people try to cruise past my table. A lot of women and some men are like, oh, I don't drink whiskey or I don't drink this or I don't drink Irish whiskey or this and that. I was like, no, 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 no. Just, just do me a favor. Just taste. First just all, have a little knowing taste. Knowing you and your personality, nobody's cruising past your table because they're curious to see what's going on. Because yeah. I've been to places where your table has been 
And you've got a long line of people. There are people that want to be at your table. Yeah, we've they I, really I, do. I bring the. I try to bring this some of the nostalgia. I bring a lot of antiques to my table. I bring a lot of stuff that resonates with the family. I wear watches. I have handkerchiefs um, that are from a lot of symbolism, a lot of um, trinkets from my grandmothers and grandfathers and um, neighborhood grandfathers. I didn't always have this perfect little family. I don't know who really does. No, really. And, um, but, um, a lot of neighborhood grand pops, you know, my, none of my grandpops were around when I was uh, growing up and, um, and my grandma passed early. So I had a couple of replacement grandmoms and, you know, I, I wouldn't change it. You know? So how long, how long is this aged for? Two and a half. Two and a half years mm-hmm. in, in what are the barrels? Oak. Oak and, and used there, oak. Used oak. Do you mm. know what the uh, was in the uh, barrels before? Is it is it still whiskey or was there anything else in so there? So Irish and Scottish whiskeys get their barrels from bourbon country. Okay, for the most part. So they use used barrels. Gotcha. So bourbon and all the whiskeys use them once the oak, the brand new, fresh oak barrels, and then once they're used once, they can, they don't use them anymore and they're, they're done. done. So, and I don't know what the time frame is because this can't be going on for more than a hundred years, but they would then turn those barrels and then sell them to the Scots and the Irish and whoever else, maybe, maybe beer companies now, uh, like as everything's evolutionizing. And furniture companies. Yeah. And, and they may, well, everybody's it, making knows? do with, a, with yeah. a barrel these days. Exactly. So they, so then the Irish use them. And they're used, so then they use them up to four times. So you imagine, like after the fourth time, they're just not pulling really anything out right. of them. So then they, um, then who knows what they do with them? I I actually try to get them. Um, I had a couple shipped with my whiskey shipped to me, and um, and you know, and they just uh, you know whatever. And actually in Ireland, so you had your you you had your barrel shipped over. It wasn't. I had two shipped over. I wanted two. I was like. Let's. I asked if we could have a couple set it on. I'm going to ask for more because I know some people that want some of them. Absolutely, you know, and uh, you know, as nostalgia. And if you ever been to Ireland, they they paint them and they put them out as decorations out on out on the on the sidewalks. And uh, you know, maybe that'll turn. Well, it's over. like we do here in, with tires, <laughs> right? Yeah, Philadelphia tires, exactly. We paint them. You know, they become decorative art. Who yeah. knows what you do with them? Yeah, exactly. So you know, one of the one, you know, obviously you need to go and pick up a bottle of Pops McCann um, whiskey. Um, you know, as as this is sitting out, um, you know, when when I. The nose at first, I got a lot of the the, the corn. I got mm-hmm. a lot of the sweetness. Mm-hmm. It almost smelled a little bit like uh, you know when you go to a um, when you go to a carnival and you get the, uh, the the popcorn smell in the air with all the other uh, scents of a mm-hmm. of a festival or a fair. Um, I'm getting I'm getting some um, I'm getting some cherry. I'm getting some vanilla. A lot of vanilla. A lot yeah. of people say vanilla. Um, but but that's it's it's a nice it's a nice comforting. Um, feeling, which I think again goes back to the traditions of family. When you when you think about the connections, it's you know it's nice and comforting. Yeah. Um, on the, on the palate, I actually got a little bit of this. You know, so you, because of the oak, you get a little bit of the dryness at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you do still get the sweetness of the corn, but again, that proof isn't overwhelming, so you don't get a lot of the burn. You get a lot of the cinnamon, which I enjoy, um, but also you get a little bit of the dryness in the mouth. Um, and I also got a little bit of like, if you walk into a, um, you know, somebody passes you on the street and they have a cigar mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of this cigar hint in the air, mm-hmm. but that's that, that sweet cigar, mm-hmm. which I got a little bit of that tobacco, nice. which is nice. Um, so I, again, this is why 
I think when you have a, a nice bottle like this, um, you know, this is something you can sit down. You, you can make a cocktail out of it. You don't necessarily need to rush and throw ice and, you know, make something with this. It's a cocktail. You can just sit out and enjoy yeah. and, and, and talk about whatever it is of the day. Right. Yeah, it's, and, yeah, and, and, and this is going to change. Mm-hmm. So. Half an hour earlier, I may have been tasting something else, and now that the uh, the oils have kind of opened up and, and the air has gotten to it, it just does it does change a little bit, and that's the journey, right? So it goes back to what you're trying to talk about. Right. It's the journey. It's the ancestry. Yeah, yeah. Open up a bottle, and we're going on a journey. Yep, we're and going it's, places. It's smooth enough for everybody in within legal drinking age in the family, and it's uh, and you brought up the mixing thing. It's it's so mixable. I mean, it's like it's it's unbelievable because I. Uh, you can put this in lemonade called Pops Lemonade. Okay. I have a patented drink I call Sweet Gingers. I was thinking this would be a great ginger, ginger ale. Yeah, ginger ale. Pops McCann. Yeah. And honey syrup. Now, you want to get a little honey, put it in a little dish, lighten it up with some hot water, okay. and mix it around so the honey gets loosened a little bit, and it'll mix better. As like a like instead like like kind of like a simple syrup, right? You it's just, a honey. You yeah. make a honey syrup, yeah, and it's called sweet gingers. And boy, the ladies in the house or in the bar will be dancing in probably three point five minutes. I mean, it, it, it's pretty funny, and uh, these people love that drink. Um, and I have a whole collection of cocktails that I mix with. I put it in my coffee. You know, when I run out of sugar, hey, I put pasta can in little it. Little Irish whiskey, right? Sugar little in Irish two coffee. years, <laughs> you know. And uh, it, it's very mixable. Lemonade. It, it's it's you know. And you want to you want to measure it out too because it's it's so mixable and so smooth you it'll it'll blend right in. All right, I'm going to do this because you're an entrepreneur. You've you've got that fire. You really do, and it's one of the things I enjoy. You know, getting to know you, getting to speak to you. But where's Pops McCann? Where's Jason Fogg? It's you know November 2024. What what's what's that look like for you? What would you like it to look like for you? Hopefully, still surviving, yeah. <laughs> money in the bank account, um, and and just providing for my family and um, creating my own you know salary is which I which I have to do. Um, I can't just sit around and get paid by somebody. So I mean, I gotta use all my talents. I hope to have you know six seven variations. Hopefully in the next six months. Okay, I know that's a so, crazy timeline, but I have um, two more styles of our uh, of Irish whiskey coming, and it'll be three total out of Ireland, um, and um, a rye whiskey out of Pennsylvania, and a couple other styles and variations. And it just hopefully I'm just in a bunch of states selling whiskey. And um, by that time, you might be going on you know TV sets, movie sets with your kids. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, they're I'm still an actor. Well. Yeah. So and I, I get my kids into it. And, um, that must be fun to act with your kids. Yeah, we just did. That a, must be a lot we just of fun. did a cemetery scene and a, a brushing the teeth scene where they just wake up and they say, "Hey, daddy, it's pretty cool." I, I'm hoping to edit it myself, my first ever edit. Um, that's you know, I just downloaded Final Cut. You know, okay. I'm going to try to do it myself and um, and release that. But you know, who knows? Just where I'm going to be in the next bunch of years, I don't know. But I, I just want to continue to be on the right path. Obviously. Um, keep on delving into my ancestry, um, whiskey, acting, being the best person that I can be and helping people. And that's what it's all about is helping people and doing what I can help to for anybody. You know? Jason, where can, uh, where can everybody find Pops McCann? They want to pick up a bottle or where, where can they find that? So I'm available in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and I am in the Navy Nexcom stores. I'm about to launch in New York, January 1st. 
And PLCB stores, you can find it in 176 Pennsylvania, stores. Yep. Pennsylvania, fine wine and good spirits, the old state stores. Right. Um, but they, they've done a tremendous job, PLCB. Those people up there are phenomenal. They're great people. They're hitting record dollar amounts every year, and that money goes back into the general fund and helps the state out. Um, and they've been revolutionizing their stores, making them real shoppable. So I'm in 176 stores. You can go on finewineandgoodspirits.com, code 108. It's $34.99 in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm in New Jersey. That's a three-tiered system. You go through a wholesaler, and then you get it into the stores. Um you know, any store, anybody's looking to get it in, they can go to a store and um, they can reach out to me to direct them to the list of stores that are in New Jersey. I have that list. Just got it updated actually this morning. Um, so yeah. And one of the things I know is you're accessible. I mean, yeah. if you go to your website, I mean, and or you find a way, you know, people can find you. I mean, how, the website is? PopsMcCannWhiskey.com. PopsMcCannWhiskey.com. In fact, there's a little thing you can put in to contact you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you're, you're Comes returning. Comes right to me. Yeah, you're returning every call, every email. You're on top of it. Facebook's real easy. You can see the Pops McCann Whiskey page. Any social media is Pops McCann Whiskey. Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. YouTube. You can see all my videos, all my Pops McCann pop-ups. Let's have a taste. And you're, um, you're hitting it out of the park. Yeah. Uh, you know, you are. And your, your social media, you know, yeah. your branding, you're hitting it out of the park. And, Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it really is. It's first rate. And uh, hopefully uh, people come out and get a chance to, if you haven't had Pops McCann, um, it's definitely something you should put on your list, you know, and, and the, the bottle is, is, is very, it's a great value. It's, it's probably, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say this to you, but it's probably underpriced for what you're, uh, what you're offering, but it's a great bottle. It's a great taste. Um, we're not in a place where I think we can have a taste today, but uh, I would say, is there anything that we didn't get a chance to talk about today, Jason, you want to no, share I, with everybody? I think it's, um, no, I just want everybody to raise a toast in their households with Pops McCann. Give it a try. Let's have a taste. Let's, Let's have a taste. And, and, yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's fun to say, you know, it is. And, and do it off your porch, scream to the universe and tell yeah. your ancestors what you want right. and raise a toast in their honor yeah. because we are alive because of our ancestors. And it's great to be alive, breathing, oh. goosebumps, all that stuff. All that it's stuff. just great. Well, your ancestors, I know... Those that are here, those that are up in the heavens, are proud. You're making them proud. Thank and you. You, you know, you're honoring your family and your name. And I'm grateful that we had some time to spend with you today. I'm, I'm really appreciative that you made it to the podcast and look forward to all the great things with Pops McCann coming down the pike. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. Cheers.